If Gary Moser tries to sell you a card, do not buy it. Welcome to Money on Our Mind. This is the part where we tell you that nothing we talk about should be considered financial advice and all episodes are for entertainment purposes only. I'm Gareth. And I'm Chrissy. We are the co-founders of Victorify, a technology-based education company in Georgia. We provide interactive and relatable financial education and content to schools and community organizations. And on this week's episode, we're going to take things in a little bit of a different direction and actually touch on something we talked about last week, which was the baseball trading card scandal. Uh, Before we get started, I do need to... Uh, state that I was totally wrong in what I said last week and that shame, shame. <laughs> these cards were not total frauds as I thought they were. Um, but we'll get into the full story later, but it's a little bit more nuanced than people just making up fake cards. And so we, Christy and I both know that this episode is going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the past, but we thought it would be interesting for everyone to hear about maybe a specific instance of fraud as that kind of touched on some of the topics that we talked about last week. And so before we kind of jump into the story itself, Chrissy, I know that you want to talk about kind of collecting and sort of what comes with the baseball trading card market. Absolutely. So just a little background just so we're all on the same playing field. People have been collecting baseball cards and other sports cards forever. We've talked about, um, we talked about trading sports cars, cards in our last episode, and these are considered collectibles in terms of investment purposes. And this is a category of investment that Gareth, you and I believe is pretty risky to put your money in. So why is this, why do we think this is so risky? Mostly it's because there's no real financial support for the card prices and because fraud can easily occur, which we will talk about today. So why are people so hooked on collecting baseball, basketball, other sports cards? Mostly this is because of price volatility, which is addicting and kind of fun. The highs, the lows, where is it going to be? Just like stocks increase and decrease in price, you know, so do cards. So except while the price of stocks are traded on an exchange, that's really based on published financial statements and company news. The price of sports cards jumps up and down based on LeBron's tweets, a player's performance in a particular game, other gossip. So there's really not huge backing. It's just public opinion, which is a little scary and can be very volatile. Um, you know, a player right now can do really well in a game. And if it's a new card there, you know, or there's social media player or social media hype around them, their price could skyrocket. And just like we discussed stocks, big company news can really play a role in pricing and perceived value. So our story begins in 2017. Do you want to take it, take it away from here? Yeah, uh, but before we get to the story, I do want to kind of draw a few parallels between what you just said, Chrissy, and that being, you know, the sports cards don't have a financial backing, as you mentioned, so there's no earnings behind them, right? But you can kind of think of it in two ways, right? So the earnings that you could think about from a stock perspective, like a company makes X amount of dollars per quarter or per year, is the equivalent of a player scoring X amount of touchdowns, right? So that's Mm -hmm. like their performance is if they're doing well, the price of that card 
would theoretically increase. And I, I think the biggest parallel between these two is the fact that a stock picker or a kind of sports card collector is always on the hunt for that sort of early stage company or player that's going to make it big. So, you know, if you can pick, I mean, obviously the, the clear example that people always talk about, which is so overplayed, but it's like, if I found Amazon 20 years ago, <laughs> you know, that that was a hundred dollars I invested would be worth 10,000 now or whatever, it, whatever it is. Right. And the same thing is for the sport card collecting industry, right? Like everyone wants, everyone's always focused on finding the rookie cards, right? Because if you find the rookie cards with the rare borders on them or the signatures or whatnot, and that player turns out to be great, right? And the perfect example of this is like currently Patrick Mahomes, like his rookie cards that are, you know, rare are like going for millions of dollars at this point. So there are parallels between the industry um, but, you know, as you mentioned, a stock has a lot, a little bit more validity behind the backing, right? Like I can, I can point to the amount of money a company makes and that's sort of hard earned cash, but I can't turn touchdowns into cash essentially. At least that's the way that I think about it. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to state that cause I think it's, it's a good point to make, um, but you sound yeah, like a so, card guy, Gareth. Oh, heavy into the card game. <laughs> uh, so, so let's get into the actual story itself. Uh, so the quote fraud occurred in 2017, but it was actually discovered by the FBI in 2019. And what, what happened is an individual and, and two organizations, one being the PSA, which is the authenticity corporation that sort of validates how good of a condition the card is in was involved and also a auction house itself. And so these auction houses are essentially where cards go up for auction and individual collectors can bid on them and hopefully win them. And so, you know, last week when I, when I was talking about this and what I thought I remembered correctly was that this like individuals or whoever it may be was actually just copying cards that didn't exist and then selling them However, that's totally wrong. And what's actually happening or happened is this individual was taking cards. Uh, let's say he bought it for $1,000, um, taking off sort of the protected coverings and making them appear in better condition than they truly were, and then resubmitting them to the PSA company, which is that company that is authenticating and essentially giving a grade to to that card those would come back higher and then he would ultimately sell them in the auction house for a higher price even though it was the same card to begin with and so people are way overpaying for these you know relatively rare and expensive cards without knowing that they had ultimately been doctored behind the scenes and they weren't actually worth the grade that they were given and so I think there was a pretty savvy group of people on some internet forum that kind of discovered this or helped kind of expose it. And then the FBI got involved and kind of everything came to light. So this just kind of goes to show that there's, there's a ton of risks involved with these collectibles. And, you know, when you, when you, when it comes to stocks and, and whatever it may be, there's at least a regulatory body 
involved that is sort of validating this stuff and hopefully looking out for the consumer. But there is definitely no regulatory body on the sports collectible uh, side of things that are making sure Maybe that... Maybe we should get into that. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Spot billion dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gareth, you know, I guess one thing that we want to inform everyone about is while this is scary and luckily the FBI got involved, that individual was stopped. I know a lot of the cards that he submitted are no longer for sale and that auction house, no one really deals with them. But 2020 was a crazy year. 2021's remained crazy. And, you know, your story started back in 2017. But during 2020, during the pandemic, interest in cards really spiked. And so this is something everyone needs to be aware of. You know, as people were stuck at home, everyone started bringing out their old baseball cards and looking at them, remembering how much they love collecting. Parents introduced this to their children. There was just a huge spike, people wanting to connect, wanting to kill time, and trading really picked up. So since we're so connected, people were easily able to sell on things like eBay, even TikTok, Facebook Marketplace, things like that. I know I looked at some stats and eBay alone in 2020 sold 4 million more sports trading cards than they sold in 2019. So there's just this huge uptick of cards being bought and sold. So a few tips to avoid some fakes if you're going to invest in these collectibles. And our advice last week was invest in things because you like them. If you want to own baseball cards or you really want that Steph Curry NBA card, get it, whatever. But don't get if you get it as an investment, it's risky. I know if you are interested in this, The Ringer just came out with a great podcast um, about sports trading cards that you might really enjoy. They definitely are more into the investing side. But some tips for you to avoid fakes. Do your research, which that's the case for everything, but on the collectible you're buying and also research on the person selling the item. One of the most faked cards is the Michael Jordan 1980-something card. And it there are tips. If you find a popular card online, there are forums written on think, how to spot fakes. And so you can just follow that along, do your research, know what you want. Um, for example, it was the 1986 Michael Jordan card. It was the rookie card. And the fake to spot is there's supposed to be a little ghosty in the audience aisle. And if that's not there, it's definitely a fake. There's other things, but just do a little research. Also, look at who you're buying and selling from. If it's a seller, if you're selling on some marketplace or on eBay or anything, see what their ratings are. Have they sold a lot of cards? Do they have high ratings or are they marked as a, a scammer? If you're selling any of your collectibles, make sure no one is going to take your collectible, get it in the mail, and then switch it out for something fake and send it back and get their money back. People are sneaky. So just be careful. Fraud, fraud, fraud. Scary, scary, scary. Um, that's a I guess uh, the, the, the age-old adage also probably holds true as well. If it seems too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Exactly. So if you see one of these cards that are super cheap where it seems like an absolutely insane deal, it's probably worth taking a little bit further of a look at it to make sure it's legit because more than likely it's probably not. Well, and I would also say I, you didn't use the name earlier, but I'm going to because it's public knowledge and I like to gossip. If you, if Gary Moser tries to sell you a card, <laughs> do not buy it. He's not it the one to be buying it from. 
<laughs> Look it up. Do some research. <laughs> anything else to add, Gareth? No, uh, I don't have anything else to add. I think that was just a, uh, we want to change things up a little bit this week. Um, and next week we will be back to our regular scheduled programming. Um, Unless we go off on another tangent, but it is so helpful. <laughs> I mean, I, one thing I want this to teach everyone is if you are informed and you understand financial concepts, you can have these fun conversations and you can really understand the implications. This is so interesting. An FBI investigation resulted from fraud identified. And if you have the know-how, you can always start this conversation and you're vigilant. And so that's kind of what I want everyone to take away from this. All right. Well, thanks everyone (laughs) for listening. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us. Bye everybody.